Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. To celebrate Marketplace's 35th anniversary, we made some throwback thank you gifts you can get when you donate during this March fundraiser. We took our old dot-com era logo and put it on a sticker, a glass mug, a tote bag, and a t-shirt. No matter how you donate, you can get a fun piece of Marketplace history. Check them out at marketplace.org slash give tech. These limited edition gifts are only available through March 22nd. Get yours at marketplace.org slash give tech. We've got the right to free speech, the right to assemble, and coming soon, the right to repair our phones. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. Right to repair laws have been floated across the country. New York and Minnesota have passed them, and California is closing in on one of its own. These laws require most electronics and appliance manufacturers to provide instructions and tools to consumers wanting to repair their products instead of paying company technicians for the service or, worst case, buying a replacement. It's something that iPhone maker Apple has long been against, until last month when the company suddenly announced its support for California's bill. We asked Brian Heater, hardware editor at TechCrunch, about Apple's change of heart and what it means for consumers. What's great about this for really Californians, and I, I think basically just everybody on the internet, is that companies will have to start putting repair manuals online. So those, those will just be available for you. So, you know, if it's a small issue, you can download it and, and fix it yourself. Um, they have to supply those components and then they have to give you the tools to repair it if you want to repair it. And Apple does now give people a toolkit to that end, but they are now also supporting the right to repair. Why is that? I think there's a lot of factors at play here. I think Really, the biggest one looming over all of this is that there are a few states that have passed this, but there are a lot of states currently in the process of passing some version of a rights repair bill. Uh, the EU, which has historically been very progressive when it comes to legislating technology, is looking at this too. So they know that this is over the horizon. So it's basically in their best interest to support a bill that that adheres pretty closely to what they're currently offering with their home repair kit right now. And I think they really liked what was in the, the California bill. And I think they don't think that it overstepped what they're comfortable with. The, it's interesting to see how the more advanced the phone is getting, the more of a commitment we're seeing from the company to, um, you know, to, to allowing consumers into the phone. Can you talk about the way that the iPhone is constructed, um, how it has historically been made, and 
what kinds of changes we're seeing in the guts of these phones. If you want to repair your iPhone and you, and you send away for that kit, uh, Apple will send you the blueprints. They'll send you like some screws, some screwdrivers, and they'll also send you this giant brick of a device. And that's a glue <laughs> melter uh-huh. because I think like something that a lot of people don't understand is that um, there's a lot of glue in your phone. And the reason why there's a lot of glue in your phone is because, you know, obviously phones have gotten um, slimmer and slimmer and that's just leaves less room for components. So there's a ton of that in there. And that's really difficult for people to repair with just a a standard set of tools. You actually have to get this thing and put the phone in it and get it to a certain temperature where, where the glue starts to melt. So they're doing a lot more with less when it comes to the the design of these products. If you look at what, um, the way that chip makers, you know, the people who make the the processors that power these products, the, the language has changed over the last few years. And you'll hear a lot of them use the term SOC, which is system on a chip, which effectively means that this really small piece of electronics is, it's, it's your processor, you know, it's your uh, graphical processor, and it's all of these things in the same unit. And, you know, again, as these things get smaller and smaller, they get harder and harder to repair with just standard tools that you would have at home. So Apple's big iPhone event is on Tuesday, and they'll be showcasing the launch of the the new iPhone 15, as well as some other gadgets. Are you expecting to see any talk about Apple's new support for this bill, this new right to repair bill? Yeah, I think that they will give uh, a little bit of stage time over to it. I don't know if they fundamentally changed anything as far as the actual architecture uh, to the device, but They are now in favor of this idea that is extremely popular with consumers and is extremely popular with tech enthusiasts. So like, absolutely, they'll they'll take a little bit of a victory lap there. It also slots in pretty nicely with their, their sustainability goals. A big part of the reason that people want this kind of access is because you know, if you can fix that screen or 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 that button, that means that you don't have to buy a new phone every year or every other year. It, it, extends, it extends the life on these devices and uh, therefore hopefully leads to less e-waste. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I hear you saying that this helps with their sustainability goals, but it also seems very much at odds with a, the business model of a company that's rooted in selling phones, right? Aha. See, there, there, there's the rub there. Ding, so, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the numbers historically, as far as the actual iPhones that, that Apple has sold, it, 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 it's been creeping down a bit, um, but that's just a piece of the overall market. Smartphone sales were declining even before the pandemic, and then the pandemic just completely exacerbated things. Um, you know, there's, there's all these... Uh, economic problems and, um, you know, all sorts of reasons people aren't buying as many phones as they used to. So over the last few years, Apple has been very proactive about extending their services wing. So that includes things like uh, Apple Music, uh, Apple TV, iCloud is a huge part of it too, because they really, frankly, they've been very smart about this and they've been anticipating that ultimately there's a little bit of saturation and that smartphone numbers can't just continue to grow forever. That was Brian Heater. He's the hardware editor for TechCrunch. 
E-waste is a serious problem globally. By one estimate, the world is projected to generate well over 100 million tons of it each year by 2050. The Atlantic Council has more on where much of it goes, namely to developing countries dealing with e-waste issues of their own. It's often dealt with under hazardous conditions. You can learn more on our website, marketplacetech.org. And a shout out to our friends at KCRW here in Los Angeles for a segment they did on iFixit. That's an online community where people teach each other how to fix their phones as well as other electronics. CEO Kyle Weens spoke with the station's Greater LA program about how it was once a lot easier to do our own electronics repairs. He argues that changed once the VCR came along, marking the beginning of a trend toward cheap, disposable, but still complex devices. We've also linked to that. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.